0: and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show. For fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked On to get 20% off. It is Mock Draft Monday. We will, of course, go through our mock draft for today. Uh, it's a fun one, and so we're going to spend a little extra time on it. But we also have some news from over the weekend. The Packers released Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey. At least one of those moves was expected. We had a feeling... That Christian Kirksey was going to be released. I had previously made the case that Rick Wagner had been more than good enough and was more than worth the money that he was making. And so Green Bay would be wise to keep him. They made a different kind of calculation, they felt like the money was just too much to pass up in terms of trying to create cap space. they create a little over eight and a half million uh, with this move and that means that they are ever closer to getting under the cap. if we assume 180 million dollar cap, which is the floor based on right now, the packers are still you know double digits over the cap 10, 11, 12 million over. And that means just to get to the league new year. I don't want to, you know, get bogged down in the accounting of it. Again, I do think, though, that one name that we didn't hear is important, and that's Preston Smith. We haven't heard about him. Cutting him would save $8 million, And then all you'd have to do is, you know, rework Zadarius Smith's deal or extend Devontae Adams, or you could convert – you know, just Rogers' signing bonus, for example, his roster bonus into, into signing bonus and be in a really good place just to get to level into the league new year. If they want to sign J.J. Watt, they've got to get much further under the cap in order to do that. If he wants 10 to 12 million, if that's the range and Bill Huber from SI said Look, I think this is, you know, probably the reasonable range for him. It, you know, I saw suggested, oh, the Calais Campbell deal is is a good proxy. That was two years twenty-five. All right. So if you do, if you do three years with a voided third year, you could do three years twenty-five or three years thirty-five. And that last year doesn't really count. You're eating some dead money. There are ways to structure this. And, you know, you heard Andrew Brandt on on the show on Friday say, look, If we're only worried about one year, uh, we can do anything. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always a way to make this all work. It is interesting, though, that Preston Smith was not one of those names. I don't know what that means yet. Um, I I still think it's in their back pocket. And certainly, if they want to sign Watt and are able to sign Watt, it makes it easier to say, okay, Preston Smith, um, thanks, but we've had enough. And maybe if they don't sign Watt and can't come to an agreement, they're going. Nah, we don't have to. We don't have to do it right now. We don't have to worry about it right now. I do think Zadarius is a restructured candidate, someone that you could get in with an extension and lower those cap hits this year and next year. But do they want to extend a defensive player who you know would be well into his thirties if they add years? That is a reasonable question. The other part of this, you know, I don't think linebacker was going to be a focus, but you get rid of Kirksey. That means you have Chris Barnes, Camille Martin, and that's it. That's your linebacker room. I mean, Ty Summers, I I think it's pretty clear at this point. He is not a down-to-down linebacker. He's a backup, and I don't know. Is he a good one? I don't know. I don't I guess I'm not optimistic about his ability to come in if you need him for a game or two. Now, Camille Martin, I think, has a lot of upside. I really like what Barnes did over the course of the season. I think the two of them form a formidable duo. And if they want to, maybe formidable is so overselling it, but they, they can be solid, right? It does open up a potential spot to add, you know, maybe on day three, maybe they they sign a veteran um, for a team that doesn't really seem to care about linebacker, they have signed a, a linebacker each of the last three off seasons. First, it was Antonio Morrison, then it was B.J. Goodson, and then, you know, Christian Kirksey. They like bringing in these sort of veteran stopgap players. Maybe they do that again, and they do it, you know, with someone for for really cheap. That's an option. The tackle question, though, becomes more interesting now. Because David Bakhtiari probably not going to play in September, um, and and even you know if he gets into October, you still don't really have a swing tackle. If he's out there and you have Billy Turner right tackle, um, Elton Jenkins can be your swing guy, with no Wagner and no David Bakhtiari for this foreseeable future. Now, what does your offensive line look like? Because Wagner was going to be the guy, presumably. That was going to play right tackle with with Turner at left tackle until Bakhtiari got back. So now, what do you do? Do you put out in Jenkins at left tackle and and slide in you know whomever? Do you have to get Lane Taylor to come back on a on a minimum kind of deal, which I think they could and should do? He was really good in camp last year and was set to be a starter. Rick Wagner was not going to play because Billy Turner was going to be the starting right tackle and Lane Taylor was going to be the starting right guard. Now does that amplify the need for you to find a developmental player in the draft or does it does it amplify the need for you to go, you know, bring back Jared Veldeir for example and say, "Hey guy, um uh, we need you." I I think that's in play if he wants to come back and and you know, it, it it would be a very similar situation to what he gave to the Packers each of the last two seasons. You have a short-term problem. Here is your short-term solution. I still think Elton Jenkins can be your long-term right tackle. I don't think this change, changes how they view the draft, but it could potentially change how they view building this roster in 2021 because you don't have a swing tackle now. And I'm not sure you have a starting offensive line right now because if... Elton Jenkins has got to play tackle. Billy Turner's got to play the other tackle. You have Lucas Patrick. And that's it. John Runyon Jr., we don't know. Is he he going to play guard? Is he going to play center? Corey Lindsey's walking out the door. and, And likely not going to be back, no matter what they do financially. Now, if the cap turns out to be much higher, maybe that's something that they consider. I don't, frankly, think it is. So, Could they be more in the market for an offensive tackle? I I do think that's something to keep an eye on here. I want to revisit the Preston Smith thing, though, because I mentioned it a couple times. Do they need his money? They don't. They don't. They could convert all of Roger's money, as we talked about last week, spread it out. They could convert all his money and get under the cap. Now, they can't get Watt with that. They'd have to do more finagling to do that. But they don't have to be under the cap when they sign Watt. They just have to be under the cap when the new league year starts. They could be $100 million over the cap when they sign J.J. Watt. They just have to be under the cap when the new league year starts in mid-March. If you don't get Watt, what you can do is, let's say Green Bay is holding on to some of its cap space. And we know they want to keep some certain amount allocated to in-season roster moves. So let's say ideally they would move on from Preston Smith now. If they can move the Rodgers money and they think that that's a a viable thing to do, that gets them under the cap. That gets them in a good position moving forward. You you can do the Adams extension. Um, you You can do some other things, you know, cut Devin Funchess if you want to cut You know, here and there, you can save a couple hundred thousand, a million dollars. Every little bit helps when you're dealing with these um, projected salary caps. We've seen the numbers could be anywhere between 180 to to 188, even 190. That would make this all much easier. If you don't get what, you can take Preston Smith into the new league year and you can June 1 designate him. And save an extra four million dollars. If you don't need the money now, and the reason you would need it now now is you want to sign JJ Watt, or you do not want to push the Rodgers money out. They could have done that already. Now they could also be working on an extension. They could be working on some sort of restructure. We'll see. They can wait on Preston Smith. And post-June one him. Now, the problem is you don't get that savings until June 1. That money does not come off your books until June 1, even though he's cut. You could cut him now and designate him as a post-June 1. And he's gone. He can sign elsewhere. But he doesn't come off your books until June. Well, why is that a problem? Well, if you need the cap space in the meantime, you can't use it. Um, So that cap savings is not conferred until that June 1 deadline. Now, if you're going to, if you are like, okay, well, we could cut them now and save eight or cut them later and save 12. And what you really want is the maximum amount because it helps you get that cushion right it helps you get that that ability to sign guys in in the season which you have to do guys go on IR you got to bring in someone new you got to pay both of them you need that flexibility you can't just be up against the cap and, and and expect to be able to manage what's going on in season you just can't do it so you need to have some flexibility there what green bay can do is wait on Preston Smith and then use the added flexibility that they'd gain as your buffer. That is something that I think they can and should consider. If they want J.J. Watt, the move is cut now. Cut Preston Smith now. Essentially, use that money with with the Rodgers money that you can push out and sign Watt. If he wants 10 to 12, I'm a little surprised he hasn't signed already. And my, my gut feeling on that, no inside information on it as of now, is... He is waiting for the place or places that he most covets to make room. If he wanted to sign in Tampa, he could have signed in Tampa. If he wanted to sign in New York, he could have signed in New York. The places that have cap space, he could have already signed there. Even the places that don't have cap space, he could have signed there. It seems like he's waiting, trying to figure out, okay, who's going to be able to make this work? Where do I really want to go? And what we've heard is quarterback is the number one thing that, that is important to him. Number two is the supporting cast. Number three is money. So third on the list is money, which means he's willing to take less, theoretically, if the first two check the boxes. Well, that narrows it down. Green Bay is one of those places we've heard Chicago might be interested. They don't check really either of those second two, the first two boxes. You know, the Bills do. That's a name that's been mentioned. The Browns to the Browns. I mean, what what is the thought about Baker Mayfield around the league? Do they think he's a good quarterback? I don't. He's a fine, acceptable quarterback. He's not good. He's not carrying the team. I mean, J.J. Watt is, is leaving Deshaun Watson, a, a virtuoso quarterback, one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. He's going to leave that when he could play with Josh Allen or Aaron Rodgers. To go play with Baker Mayfield? Hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think he's waiting. I think he's waiting for these contenders to figure it out. The, The Steelers have a decision to make on Roethlisberger. They're trying to figure that out. They're trying to work that out. That is something that is very much TBD. I do think that is an attractive place for him. The Packers... You know, they got to they got to figure out the money. Tom Silverstein suggested, look, they can't do it. it. Just doesn't work. Well, you can always do it. You can always do it. And and that's the point I think that Bill Huber has tried to make that I have tried to make is if you want to sign him, you can sign him. There are there are ways to do this. If you do the Aaron Rodgers deal, you push the money out and you cut Preston Smith tomorrow. You're you're golden. You can do it. Sign Watt and he can he can even make 10, 12 million dollars. You can make that work. The question is, are you willing? Are you willing to take that longer term hit to make this work now? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports. Action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, we had an awesome game in the Big Ten on Sunday, and the NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use. Use the promo code locked on. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. Use the promo code locked on to get a 50% deposit bonus. All right, it is mock draft Monday. Mock draft Monday. And I took I try not to make these redundant. You know, there are gonna be players that I want to draft in in every draft, just you know, the way that it goes. And and we talked last week. I have a, a pet. One, two, three for Green Bay. But I just thought, what if what if they get a little crazy? What if they do the thing that we never thought they would? And what if they take that receiver in the first round? Now, I had my choice in this scenario of two receivers. I went with Kadarius Toney because he is just different. Than Terrace Marshall, uh, who is, I I think, more similar to some of the guys that are already on Green Bay's roster, Um, a a bigger guy. You know, he's he's probably a more complete player overall than Alan Lazard. Doesn't have the the blocking ability of Lazard. Doesn't quite have the frame of Lazard, uh, and doesn't have the speed of MVS. But has is a nice mix of the two. I love Tony. I love Tony for Green Bay. assuming he checks in at the right heights and weights. You know, he's listed at 5'11" 190. I I think that would be big enough. Green Bay tends to prefer guys closer to 6 feet, but 5'11" 190 is is big enough. You know, if he comes in at his pro day and and runs some decent numbers, which which the league is already already going to be dubious of all this pro day stuff, the league is going to take with a big old grain of salt. But if he comes out and he's a legit 5'11", and let's say he's 195 and he runs, you know, low 45s, nice shuttle times, three cone times, I think that could be good enough for Green Bay just because of he so specifically a type that they don't have, and I think that's the thing that makes him intriguing. And and I, you know, I talked to Matt Miller about it when he was on a couple of weeks ago. Tony is that get the ball in his hands type. And I don't know that Green Bay would use a first-round pick on him. But he certainly gives them a dynamic weapon that they do not currently have on their roster. In the second round, I only did four rounds on this. I just didn't feel like dealing with late day three. On the second round, I got Sean Wade from Ohio State. And you're going to say, okay, but he's he's not a very good corner. And it's true that he had a tough season this past year as a corner. And maybe he's not a boundary corner. Maybe he's not. I do every one of these mocks with the assumption that Green Bay is going to sign a vet. Every single one. They are going to sign a veteran corner for a low money deal. So whether Wade is a corner or a safety, you have time to figure it out. I think he makes more sense as a corner in his own scheme because of some of the physical limitations that he has, but he's got the size. He could certainly play safety. And as I'm looking around at, at the kinds of things that Green Bay can do with their defense, I love the idea of another safety who can cover. You know, think of how much playing in the slot Raven Green did last year. He's better than Raven Green covering, better than Will Redman in coverage. And then he, he has ball skills and instincts and athletic ability that none of those guys have. So do I think Sean Wade is, is a blue chip talent? No, but I, I do know that uh, a year ago this time he was being looked at as a possible top 10 pick and didn't have a very good season. So, okay. Does that mean his talent is gone? No. It means you, you may have to look a little bit deeper about how you need to use him, how he can be deployed. And, and I would like to fit uh, in the second round there. I like the value there. Safety or corner, it doesn't matter. In the third round, Aleem McNeil from NC State. I've had a lot of people uh message me about him. He's someone that I, you know, I don't know athletically where, where he's going to be. Um, and, and that's the thing about all of these guys. We just don't know. Now he's 6'2, 315. So you bring some beef in the middle. He's really a nose tackle, but you can slide Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark can play three tech. And now maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe that's his best position. You know, some of his best pass rush stuff inside has come when Mike Daniels was playing some of that nose and you were able to move Kenny Clark around a little bit. Fourth round, Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma, edge rusher. I, I think this there's some good value in the middle rounds with these edge players. I don't think you have to get them early. I don't know that I love any of these guys at the top of the draft. On the edge, but there are some intriguing developmental mid-round guys. And when you're talking about, you know, a third pass rusher type, um, I think Perkins is a great fit developmentally. I think athletically, he has what you want. And and Green Bay could get a really nice third pass rusher outside linebacker guy uh, in Perkins there. And then at the end, you know, I, I could have taken Gainwell in with my first fourth round pick. You know, I'm a big fan of Gainwell. Um, but I just thought, you know, let's for for diversity's sake and and for entertainment's sake, let's see if we can find another name in here. And Trey Sermon is a name I really like. Um, not just a name; he's a player that I really like, and I, I think he fits what Green Bay would want to do um, with their outside zone schemes. He's not. In the, in the same way that that someone like Jamal Williams would not be a perfect complement for AJ Dillon and Sermon is not exactly the same kind of back, but Sermon is not you know your traditional sort of pass catcher type. He's not your home run hitter. He's not your game breaker. But man, is he a good running back? And and he had this breakout season in 2020. Looked really good on a really good Ohio State offense. Um, carried them in some games this season. I mean, basically single-handedly beat Northwestern, a really, really good defense. And he's an improvement over what they have on the roster, which is no one. Uh, A.J. Dillon is the only guy under contract in 2021. I just don't see Jones or Williams being back. So they need to draft someone. The fourth round is when it starts to make sense. I I like this value here. You have uh, a nice backfield and... If you get someone like Kadarius Tony, he can hit home runs. He can run jet sweeps he can do a lot of the stuff that you'd want a pass catching running back to do the the you know the screen game you can run a little bit more receiver screen game versus running back screen game the mismatch stuff in the slot you can use tony that way rather than a running back that way and and green bay doesn't have a player like that so your running back it's less important that your running back is doing that stuff if you have a receiver who can do it and green bay last 2 years hasn't really had a receiver who could do it you add Tony, and now you can add a running back who is really more a pure running back. Even though I think he has good enough hands that at least in like the swing checkdown game, he can be there for you. Can he run routes? I don't know. We'll see. Um, and that's something you can improve at. Jamal Williams improved at it and worked at it. And and, and he is sermon, I think, is someone who you would say, you know, it, it has the kind of um, character. That you trust to come in and, and work and, and try and get better. So it's a mock that I like. Uh, let me know what you think. Send me yours, of course, and uh, I will I will retweet them and we'll get some feedback on all of those the rest of the week. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. My wife and I love to split them mid afternoon. Hey, a couple bites, a couple bites. You're getting a little hungry. You just get that sweet, that jolt of sweet, and they're so tasty. I mean, they're so tasty. This this coconut brownie flavor that they've come out with is unreasonable. It is as good as any candy bar out there. I'm serious. That's the, I, was, I promise you, I swear to you, I was having this conversation with my wife over the weekend. It's unbelievable. I'm blown away by it. Uh, whenever possible, I grab for that box, and when that box is gone, I'm going to be very sad. Um, I will have to buy some more. You can buy more or at least buy your first box when you go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. These bars are low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and low calorie, so you don't have to feel guilty enjoying your sweets. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BiltBar.com. We have Bart Winkler on the show from The Fan in Milwaukee, 1280. He's going to be on the show, um, no doubt arguing with me about a lot of stuff that he and I do not see eye to eye on. <laughs> uh, and so that'll be fun. Um, I, uh, I've i been on their show a bunch. I was just on his show um, last week. And we are uh, we are now related because I am part of um, the Radio.com and Intercom family as he is. So uh, it'll be good to get him on. I'm looking forward to that discussion. I hope you will be there to join us for Expert Tuesday